right, we are live. Welcome, fiends, to Handle Whiskare, presented by the Slashing Cast Podcast Network. We are a horror movie podcast that discusses horror movies and the phobias that they emphasize. With me tonight, as always, are both my co-hosts, Holly Hooch and John. And guys, here we are, another week for Aquaphobia. Uh, Not quite as uh, busy as our last recording, because we did have a full house last week. Uh, for the Beach House episode, which, you know, kind of makes oh, sense. You know, uh, you know we, we, we hop in, uh, we we have some guests, you know, on top of that. So, you know, it's pretty fun. A uh, little chaotic at times, kind of like the Beach House. But you know what? We uh, we definitely made it work, and it was a pretty lengthy episode. So, all in all, a very good time. And tonight, you know, I'm really excited for the fact that, uh, you know, we're back to monster movies for Aquaphobia. So, it should be a good time. Yeah, I'm super excited about this movie. But yeah, the the beach house. Um, we went. Our recording went longer than the movie, which is kind of unheard of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for those people that really want to be deep dive, do you ever see those reviews and they're like ten minutes long? I'm like, what? You're just gonna tell me the fucking plot? It takes a lot. <laughs> Synopsis or something. Yeah. So I, I like that we really dive. I mean, I mm-hmm. I thought we had such an awesome, productive, awesome mm-hmm. recording of the mm-hmm. beach house. So there's that. But today, oh my god. We've got it's back uh, to normal. <laughs> such a wonderful movie, <laughs> the host, mm-hmm. and the good one from two thousand. Mm-hmm. Is that when it, it came out? Two thousand. Oh, I'm sorry, it came out in two thousand and six. Yeah. The, the lore is from two thousand. Oh, okay. Lore galore, John. There's lore galore. <laughs> it even starts with lore. Basically. I know. And I'm sure. Should we just jump right in, or did did we need an intro? Uh, you know, just a couple of podcast reminders, primarily with the watch parties hosted on Stream Lounge, which would be Saturdays and Sundays for Christmas in July, uh, which has already started. And then, of course, we're doing Monday and Thursday watch parties. Uh, so, you know, you can find all of our information on there. So if you just go to streamlounge.io, you can search us, handle with scare, and you can find your schedule uh, over there. But been having an absolute blast doing that. And July is going to be a, a very hectic month overall with the movie watch parties on that end so go check us out there but in the meantime tonight we are here to talk about the host release in 2006 this is a monster movie a very unconventional one at that has one of the better like introductions to the actual monster that we have seen in just about any movie honestly uh, and the monster, not your stereotypical, like, Godzilla or Kaiju, even, in, in this case. Uh, he's almost reminiscent of, like, a kidnapper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess is one way to put it. Somebody said that these movies could be taken movies. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we should talk a little bit about the pedigree of the director and how... This was, was, did I read this right, or when I was reading, that this is his first movie? I believe, I thought it was, but I'm not 100% sure. Is that not fucking insane that this amazing fucking movie not only is considered one of his worst, but is his first? Mm. Like, that's, a, like, it's, I love this movie so hard. I, you know, I, I rewatched it for the show. I watched it for the first time, you know, uh, many years ago. Mm-hmm. But watching it uh, a couple of days ago, I was just, again, like, just blown away at how ridiculously good it is and i'm so happy that we got the chance to mm. watch it and now we get a chance to talk about it but we should mention that uh it's been a long day today i am a, a little bit yeah. like sushi i don't keep so uh <laughs> hopefully hopefully we have enough energy 
to really mm. give the, uh, or give this movie the the energy that it deserves. Mm. Because you uh, you just need to walk into the ocean to revitalize. Yeah, basically what it is. We're doing a two for tonight. We're recording two movies back to back. That's why I'm wearing the same shirt. And uh, um, <laughs> took a little break, and after doing the beach, and had a bunch of friends with us here, and um, mm. so now we're doing the much bigger movie when you really consider mm -hmm. it in terms of Definitely. length and different plot twists and, mm -hmm. and we're already a little drunk. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that always makes things more interesting, but just to reiterate, this was actually his third movie. <gasps> he did Barking Dogs, Never Bite and Memories of Murder. Okay. I've never oh. seen those. I should watch those. Now, okay. to be honest, I saw this after I saw Snowpiercer and Parasite. Uh, Snowpiercer was the first movie uh, by this director who uh, did, did, did Parasite, you know, directed by uh, Bon Joon-ho, mm -hmm. who, you know, Parasite winning Best Picture definitely was a monumental moment for cinema, right. and it really opened up a lot of people's eyes to, like, give foreign films more of an opportunity, because so many people in the American audience mm -hmm. will just write foreign movies off just in general because they don't want to read the subtitles and, uh, or they don't they don't want to deal with english dubs either because you know if you're someone who watches anime or japanese movies really and you deal with english dubs you know how terrible they are and i completely understand mm -hmm. you know why people try to shy away from that stuff and no you mean like there's there's been a couple times i mean when i was younger i didn't give a fuck like subtitles all day long mm -hmm. and uh and these days sometimes i'm like i just want to i just want something easy tonight so i might not do a uh, you know, a movie where I don't know the language, uh, but um, I'm, yeah, this movie winning Best Picture, just uh, miraculous because it, when I'm this movie, Parasite, because um, mm -hmm. it's is it considered horror or is it considered considered like a thriller? Well, the interesting thing about that is all of Jun Ho's movies are cross genre. Mm -hmm. It blends yeah. so many different elements from different uh, genres that it's really hard to like kind of pinpoint <laughs> what exactly right. each one is. But I um, mean, I just thought it was a, a huge win, not just for the for foreign films, but also for the genres, because there's a lot of resistance in giving awards to horror. There's a lot of resistance to even giving awards mm -hmm. to thrillers. So, mm -hmm. and thrillers are what is the is the better marketing for horror movies, basically. Um, that's, you know, when you get a horror movie that's doing well, they call it a thriller. So it's, it, yeah, it was pretty, uh, monumentous. I mean, I would call this movie a horror movie. Well, I mean, we're talking Parasite, but now, oh, we, can yeah, go, now Parasite. we can go right back to, well, now we yeah. can go back to the host. And the host, third movie, that's so ridiculously impressive. He did Snowpiercer, and then he did that other one, um, with the Netflix movie, uh, yeah, like it was like Aksha or something. Yeah. Oh, it was another monster the, movie. Hey, like mm -hmm. the animated like hippo pig monster. Kind yeah. Of mm -hmm. I haven't is... seen that yet. I want to see that. It's good. I haven't seen it either, to be honest. What's that? You haven't seen it either? I don't think I've seen that one either. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, I mean, well, it's good. I wouldn't say that, personally, I would say that the, the ones that we've been talking about are better, but the, the visual aspects are pretty, like, striking. And, mm -hmm. and I didn't know that was him, actually, until we were doing a little bit of research mm -hmm. for the movie tonight. But it's just, um, the dude is ridiculously talented, and it's just a real joy to see people, like, in their fucking prime, you know? Like, mm -hmm. just artists in their prime, and we're right here to see it, and it's great. This this movie, for me, like, this movie stands out to me in a huge way, because uh, back when it, it first came out, 
it was a theatrical release in America and they did like previews on TV and things like in the traditional way that they would normally do with a kind of a bigger budget movie Mm -hmm. and did previews and things in the theater. And I saw a preview for this movie before it came out or a commercial, I forget which. uh, And it shows the shot. It shows the sequence in the movie where you see the monster running. Somebody is watching it from the tr- the monorail tram train. Oh, yeah. And, and it's sort of like a handheld shot, and you see the monster running along out the window. Mm-hmm. And it looks totally real and convincing. And it was such a, like, I'm a huge, as all of us, I'm a huge movie nerd fan and it was a huge moment for me i'll never forget it because it was the first movie i ever or preview for a movie that i ever saw where it was like oh my god this is the first time i've ever seen a monster like a big sort of kaiju-esque type Mm -hmm. monster interacting in the real world in a totally real convincing way where it was just like i have I have to see this movie because that that's crazy. Like this looks, this is totally real looking. Yeah, and, and they don't. Sh- I mean, uh, the combination of the special effects that they use, which incidentally, it's not it's not a budget film by any means. Because I think the, sci- the the special effect budget was like eleven million dollars on its own. I think. I think. Uh, and but uh, and I remember a scene in some interviews. That the director was ready to just do like CGI, like hey man, that's what we're doing today, <laughs> and uh, but he was convinced by some special effects masters to be like, hey, you know, like we got some pretty good tricks. Mm-hmm. Why don't we do a combination, you know? And so uh, doing a combination of, of of different ways of of expressing this monster, and you know what, I, I'm really reminded of, uh, and I know you've corrected me this a bunch of times, like <laughs> on Avatar, I was saying how I really hated how. Uh, the panning across some stuff on some like otherworldly stuff was so my eye couldn't fix on it, mm-hmm. and it made me really annoyed. Like like it felt I felt like I was being tricked, but then you told me that I had to change the the rate on it. Like the, the, oh, were you the, using the smoothing? Or I don't like know that? what I was doing, John. It's, it's one of those crazy <laughs> TV settings that really whatever it was, I was really upset. Not really upset, but just actually, you know, I was I was really annoyed that here I'm watching a big old expensive movie. <laughs> And and it's got all these like crazy creatures in other world. And there was something there were these there was this weird element where my eye couldn't quite focus on what was happening. And I believe it was a purpose, you know, to like, oh look how crazy this is. Don't look too too closely. And uh but not this movie. This movie, like you get the fucking monster and it is full on fucking monster and, yeah, and you get you. you get to stare. You get to get a really good look. Mm. And I really fucking appreciate mm. that. Yeah, yeah, kind of like the cat's asshole. Yeah, <laughs> forty minutes ago. I don't want to. I don't want to say it was ILM that did the Ooh. effects, but they had a big Bay Area effects company do the That's effects, cool. and it was one of these kind of big up. And I don't think it was ILM, but it was. Some another company that was kind of a big up and coming like CGI company. Yeah, kind of. I'm trying to think back to that interview, and I'm having a hard time remembering the name. And the thing is, it might have not been the most notable name because it didn't stick in my head either. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, like the the monster the was impressive. In and not to anger anybody, but. 
there was some stupid shit about that monster. Like the little fishy sticking out. <laughs> Remember that? Like he, he's got like one fish over here, like just the tail end. There's yeah, another one like over a, here. Yeah, he's got like yeah. a little arm or whatever. Random they're not little arms. Out. They're like uh, bass. Or, I don't know what everyone, whatever fish are in the Han River. Like they're they're like like <laughs> they're full grown, but like from like the back to the tail, and they're just sticking out. And then in a couple in a couple of scenes when he gets beaten up, I don't know if it was he. It could have been a it could have been a lady monster. But uh, a couple of times when uh, they get beaten up, uh, these fish will just detach and then flop on the ground. Oh, maybe. I, yeah. I don't I know if you did. There was a couple. Of, there was one scene where it gets hit, and then one of the fishes just comes flying out, and it's like you know flopping on the ground. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Nice. So it's a little silly, but the the fucker works. I mean, he works it. It's a mm. really cool monster. Hey, I'm just saying, like, if there's like monster fish, that would be a delicacy. In restaurants where people would pay a premium, you know, all the rich people, you know, all that meat's probably a lot richer than what it would be otherwise. So, you know, in like a, a lot of his movies, there's a lot of subtext in this one. Oh, yeah. There's so much that you can read into whether, and I would love to, uh, it would be nice to know if, you know, you're right or wrong one day. But honestly, the, the beauty of it is just making your own. Um, what do you call it? Uh, just your own thesis on, on things. And mm -hmm. um, so... The monster is America. <laughs> well, it, it starts out with the white American doctor. Yes, he's so evil. Uh -huh. Ordering the, the Korean guy to pollute the, the, the very river. heartbroken. You can't do that. Doesn't that go into the Han River? And then he's like, the Han River. Yeah, I need you to uh, pour this massive amount of formaldehyde down the mm -hmm. drain. But isn't that a biohazard? And, yeah, I'm, but, and I'm sure you guys read that this was an actual event. That this happened in two. That's why I kept saying two thousand earlier. Oh, was yeah, it? Yeah. Okay. So this actually happened. It was revealed that in two thousand, a military uh, doctor that was a mortician ordered all of this, all of these chemicals thrown down the, the, uh, into, um, the into the river, and it did actually cause mutations. Nothing like we see in the movie, mind you. But they were like, well, okay, maybe maybe the nine-tailed fish, yeah, or the yeah the three-eyed fish from the Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> And that explains why, because I was kind of wondering why the formaldehyde was sort of oddly specific, and, mm -hmm. and so that kind of explains it. Because usually it would just be like some undefined chemical or like a made-up right. chemical, or like the but, chemical from the Return of the yeah, like Return of the Living Dead, where it's mm -hmm. just like a made-up thing. But the, it was it's for accident. oddly specific that it was formaldehyde that yeah. did this. So no, it was it was a real event, and it did cause some problems. I don't know the outcome of that, but it's very, uh, it's, it's, is of course, very emblematic of, Was it like, an American doctor yeah, who did it? It was. It was. It totally was. <laughs> and uh, that's the fucked up part where it's like, everybody knows better, but this guy just didn't give a fuck. He's like, yeah, fuck your river. My kids mm -hmm. don't live here. Mm -hmm. You know, like, that was, that's really, that's really rough. And it's the classic... It's the classic monster, kind of the 50s monster movie thing where, as we've talked about in other uh, episodes, where you meddle with nature or you screw things up with nature and then you cause a monster to be born. Turns out it's man. The real monster <laughs> is man. Specifically, well, American specifically man. Americans. 
Nice going, guys. Which I accept. <laughs> but, but it's okay. You know, we, we were the problem, but we we also perceived ourselves to be the solution <laughs> with, uh, you know, Agent Yellow. We also perceived ourselves to be the solution. That's a really beautiful way to put it. <laughs> it's that thing where we create the problem and then we create the solution. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and all the meanwhile, it'll make in major profits. <laughs> and it's it's amazing, like because even that uh, that scene where the doctor is talking to the uh, or the once the the American doctor is talking to the the scientist or his assistant, and um, such simple scenes, and already like the the um, the grime on the just the, the the grittiness of the scene with like the the wall of I don't know what it was. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it was maybe like. I don't know science lab shit, mm. but it's just the, every scene is so heavy with with detail and style, and you know in a million years I couldn't do that, you know. So it, it's sometimes you know you see movies you're like, yeah I could do that. Mm. <laughs> Other times you see shit you're like, oh, 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 oh. that's uh, really like everything about it is just beyond fantastic. And to think that it was his third fucking movie, that's insane. And it's great the way the creature is introduced, where you see it as sort of a little polywog type of creature at first, and the <laughs> the fishermen catch it mm-hmm. and release it back into the river again. And uh, like they could have ended it right there, maybe, but no. It, and then we, and then it's hanging under the bridge, and it has all these like very natural ways, very uh, natural ways of behaving like other animals do, mm-hmm. which is. Pretty neat too. Yeah, it feels like a real creature for sure. It's it's well made, and the introduction of it. Uh, not I don't know if I, I don't know if we're jumping too far ahead, but it's a long movie. We can so, jump a little. <laughs> but the inter- yeah, it's a two-hour movie. <laughs> we get that great introduction of the main character where he's kind of this schlubby kind of loser. Yeah, with money lovable, stuck to his face. <laughs> the, the lovable loser character, and uh, he and. We, you know, he uh, didn't give enough tentacles f- with the squid to the one, one customer because he ate one. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. and height, which I've seen in other Korean movies. I think height is a real product. The drink, oh, H-I-T-E, okay. the, it's like a beer, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that must be a real drink. But you see that a lot. But the introduction of the monster in that part where they see it. And the they're throwing shit at it. Stuff that at was it. hilarious. What asshole? I mean, like, not that they're assholes, but it's like, first of all, you're you're littering. Mm-hmm. But second of all, like, what, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're throwing random like throwing shit at a fucking animal? Like, get away! <laughs> but when it first appears and starts, and it, it runs on the side, on that kind of bank of the river, yeah. and it's like slipping and falling and chasing people is so great. That's, again, like, I have to bring up the, like, the realism of it, the, how it, it's really it's clumsy convincing. on land. Mm-hmm. It's smooth on in water. And it looks real. Like, especially it might, it's might look a little more dated now, mm-hmm. but at the time that the movie came out, it was like, this the is best. a real looking CGI monster. And it blends so well with people. That's mm-hmm. the other thing too, where, um, we were just focusing on, on the look of the monster, but the way that it, that it, that uh, the people are managing to act along with with mm-hmm. this, you know, made up uh, creature, not made up creature, but you know, with the you know CGI that must be involved, it blends so fucking well mm-hmm. <laughs> that like yeah, you kind of forget that uh, that it's not real. 
But uh, mm. and that's just the monster. That doesn't even get into like the incredible like actors and and the story that we're about to mm. get into it. And so we were talking. Oh, oh, okay. yeah. I was just gonna say like if you want to move into the talking about the the lead, um, the King lead Duke. guy, mm-hmm. who's in Parasite. Yeah, his dad. That took it fucking long. Like with his bleach blonde hair <laughs> in this one. <laughs> well, I mean, like, that was... It's a really interesting character where, um... Like, he's even, like, too pathetic, right? Like, it's like, why would anybody be, <laughs> be so, like, like that? But I, I'm... I don't know if I'm... I'm just, like... But, I mean, <laughs> he does, of course, the 180, because uh, he has to. But uh, that whole, like, everybody's so cool putting him down, even his own dad. And he, he just doesn't care. And he's just... And his dad, who I, that's a, I didn't, I haven't looked him up, but the dad is an actor that I've seen in a lot of stuff. He's been in a lot of stuff, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but he looks really familiar. The mm. the older, the grandfather, I guess you could call him. Right, right. The, the main character's dad. But yeah, no, he, and mm-hmm. yeah, he's kind of, he reminds me like of, not to get too meta, but in he he's such a kind of tropey character where mm-hmm. he's like the lovable loser like oh yeah. like push him around I'm a good guy but like I screw everything you, you up can't and depend I can't on do me. anything right yeah. And, yeah but I'm a good person and it's like well I I thought it was uh yeah it it was heavy-handed but the the movie does the 180 almost immediately and where um I actually I, I saw this pointed out in another review where all of the characters, basically their biggest weakness, they fight so hard to regain uh, the granddaughter. Uh, I'm trying to look at uh, Hyun Soo. Wait, no, Hyun Se. Hyun Se. Okay, we're getting this eventually. But um, you know, um, and the reason that like it kind of blew my mind was because well, I mean, we always see that uh, the 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 daughter or the the aunt, um, she's a. Uh, you know, a really well-trained tra- archer. Mm-hmm. But she always... Yeah, she's competitive. Olympics. Yeah. So, but she always mm-hmm. uh, said it before. She just can't seem to, like, you know, make she it work. relax. And then, and so, of course, that's her weapon of choice, which is totally, like, straightforward. But uh, the uncle, uh, Nam-il, uh, he, he's an alcoholic in, in before this whole thing is happening. And his weapon of choice are Molotov cocktails later. Which I thought was pretty fucking cool. Like somebody pointed out that I'm like, oh shit, that's interesting. And then of course, Dad over here, he's kind of like, you know, uh, not really respectable, kind of a coward, uh, doesn't have a shit together. And his biggest strength turns out to be his relentlessness and his courage. Mm-hmm. And and then of course, and then I think that the grandpa was. Uh, he tells a story about how when they were younger, he he had issues and he would never come home and mm-hmm. uh, he he would go out on binges and. And then, of course, he ends up being there for his family mm-hmm. until, like, he dies. So I thought that was <laughs> really sweet. A, a big family <laughs> yeah. aspect of the film, for sure. It's that a, was insane. It's a family film in a weird way, for sure. But I want to, uh, just to go back to the initial monster attack, one of the best scenes that I love in the movie is, uh, and I don't think we talked about this on the recording last pr- couple of times ago, or not, but the shot where he's running away from the monster with his daughter and they fall down and there's some chaos and then he 
gets back up and grabs her hand is running again and then he looks back and it's not his daughter. The girl with pigtails, yeah. It's a different girl. It's such a great Yeah, like your stomach sinks and Mm -hmm. then the camera pans over to his daughter getting like taken from, taken by the the monster. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The river monster. Swallowed and regurgitated. The kidnapper. By the monster. Well, not at that point. At that point, he's just got her yeah, he just, ha- he just grabs her by the t- his tail, and that's a great shot too when he yeah. grabs her around the waist and yanks her, and she does the kind of <laughs> <laughs> the reverse Superman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you gonna say something? And of course, this movie also kind of dives into uh, infections through like the monster blood too, and it, and it, you know, it kind of like evolves later on to like a subplot in regards to like whether or not there is an infection, yeah. whether or not the virus is an actual thing, or if it was just all misinformation, uh, yeah. or you know, what 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 have you. But of course, this kind of has like that contagion aspect where you know you have that sort of isolation or quarantine that is sprinkled throughout and trying to break out of it. Uh, to, you know, defy whatever rules are being placed upon, mm-hmm. like, you from the government, essentially, which, you know, is, was very timely if you've watched this, you know, within the past right. couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I thought it was uh, an interesting way to do it, just because, like, with this, you know, like, in a lot of the zombie movies, too, like, you know, we kind of go through the whole thing, and of course, like, what's what's the go-to way of dealing with it? It's always to just blow the fucking place off the map. Uh, but in this case, that this really wasn't the direction that they decided to take, which was a, a nice change of uh, course, but of course, like, because America is pretty heavy-handed in this movie, uh, you know, we're the ones who not only cause a problem but we also try to see ourselves as the heroes in this entire situation too which uh doesn't necessarily play out all too well for the us comedy aspects i mean uh i'm kind of bringing bringing it back to the virus but one of the most comedic moments in and there's a bunch one of the most comedic moments in the movie is when he's about to get lobotomized and then there's that american mm-hmm. scientist who's talking to somebody about how like we don't really know if there's a virus. And he's, he's speaking in English. And he's going on and on about how, like, they don't know shit. And, like, we didn't know that Gang Du, like, speaks or speaks English and, or understands English. He's like, there's no fucking virus. <laughs> and that was one of the funniest moments. So we, That was definitely, like, the first... I've seen this movie now at least three or four times. And the first time I saw it, it definitely felt like a crazy left turn when it starts to become about the virus and that kind of stuff. Because it's like, wait, wait, wait. This was a monster movie, and now it's like a virus outbreak movie. But it was short. It was like a false flag. Mm -hmm. And it it feels like it was a misdirection uh, produced by the government. But then you get back on track once, you know. uh, Well, Mm -hmm. in the movie, they are detained because after they interact with the monster... And the young daughter is taken. Um, they go into quarantine, like you mentioned. And then people are separated between, like, did you literally touch the monster or be- interact with the monster? And then mm-hmm. the whole contagion thing happens. And at this point, the family escapes the hospital. Well, actually, when he has the whole interaction with the with the scientist, it's a little later when he's recaught. Mm-hmm. But they, there's so much happening in this movie. <laughs> I know. This movie <laughs> is like... Oh, my God. <laughs> So, yeah, so they escape the hospital, and uh, they manage to get some weapons. Yeah, after they basically bribe a gang and spend, like, their entire life savings for, like, 
a couple of shotguns and this really <laughs> shitty band. But that was a, that was, I mean, like, you don't, even in the Taken movies with Neil, you know, what's his name? Neil? Liam Neeson. Thank you. Um, Liam Neeson. You don't get that level of, I'm throwing my whole life at this. Yeah, like yeah. these guys, like really, mm. like every little scent that they had, every ounce of dignity, so long as to get a chance to rescue the granddaughter, or the daughter. Like it's, you know, you don't really get that level of investment from other Taken movies. When it felt real, in terms mm. of like, it was like in real life where if someone disappears, like a kid disappears or gets mm-hmm. kidnapped. And then the family is basically devoting all of their time and money to trying to get them back and, like, putting up flyers and going on the news and everything and talking about it. It was it definitely became that type of story, too. More intense, because, I mean, like, these guys wouldn't be doing that. They'd be, like, walking the streets and talking to people and, like, trying to, like, you know, figure out how to find the kid versus, you know, asking for help. And another thing I didn't understand until I watched the commentary track on it at some point was the part where all the people are meeting in the one area to grieve about the lost family members. Right. And people are like really over the top grieving and it's like it's really crazy. And in the commentary, the director said that that's sort of a common thing in Korea where when something like that happens, it's sort of a cultural thing where there's like this kind of over the top sort of almost like performative grieving that happens. And it's like really like extreme. And he wanted to basically put that into the movie and he thought, cause just it's part of their culture. But that was definitely like a cultural thing where I was like, I don't quite understand what this part is. Like, I get what it but is, they, but it's also, I'm not, yes. this is unusual. But then he turned it into another comedic break. Mm-hmm. And yeah, these he little kind of makes fun of it a bit. Yeah, I mean, like, the way that it's filmed, and then, like, you know, then, it, it, yeah, it definitely turns into, a, like, I don't, I'm, I'm going to call them comedic breaks, because they don't last very long. They're only, like, two or three seconds long. Mm-hmm. Like, the, mm-hmm. um... The, one of the scientists in the hazmat suit, mm-hmm. as he's charging to talk to people and you know tell them what to do he like has that slip you know mm-hmm. so just little moments to just like really like he's so good at gauging how much pressure he's been adding to the audience and just letting it go in these tiny little portions of like here's a laugh mm-hmm. here's another laugh here's another another laugh and um they're it's it's so crazy to be in the middle of, a, of this roller coaster and then just get like a little treat like that to like relax mm-hmm. <laughs> So, I don't know. It, it really made the two hours really fly by. And then, mm-hmm. oh, cool. oh, no, I was just going to say, like, it's it's two hours long. It, it's it's totally enjoyable the entire time. But there comes a, a point where you're like, okay, is this, like, the fourth twist? <laughs> and, like, I feel like a normal <laughs> movie would have would have had, like, maybe two twist tops. And we're, like, a twist, like, number four or five. Mm-hmm. It definitely goes a lot of directions for sure. It's not like an American movie where it's just focused on the one thing, the monster and getting back. The do- It definitely covers a lot of topics. Like he, the director is definitely into making those social commentaries sure, where yeah. that's what I think his focus was on with a lot of that stuff. Cause he does it with um, 
you know, Parasite and stuff like right. that. Where he's like, I'm not just making a regular monster movie here. I'm making some comments about stuff. Well, I mean, I know that you can, um, you can, there, there is a point where you can maybe alienate your audience by taking a stand. Uh, but also that, you know, big risk, big reward, you know, you, you make a, you make a movie with, that resonates with people and that kind of has that, you know, sort of a, <laughs> do we Sorry. imagine we've been drinking? <laughs> I'm dropping stuff. <laughs> All right. We're good. But, so I'm just saying like, you know, having that added layer of subtext, it's just, it really adds a lot of flavor. It really adds like, I don't know, like a big old fistful of salt. It's just, it's, 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 there's just a lot mm-hmm. more going on and it makes the film that much richer. What? Yeah. So getting back to like the, the fire situation in the movie, basically the way that it's set up is, you know, you have the authorities here who are demon, you know, that this mutated creature uh, could basically be like this super host essentially uh, as, you know, the American soldier that we had met earlier, fight alongside uh, Gandu had, developed like some symptoms you know he kind of had like a rash yeah. uh that he couldn't really explain and you know they 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 have like this social commentary that really tugs at kind of like the hypocrisies that the governments uh deal with when they are withholding any right. sort of information in these dire mm-hmm. sort of situations yeah and using almost sort of it kind of reminded me of uh the um oh god the spielberg uh Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where they mm. they fake that there's a virus break outbreak, and they put they put all the cows and the horses to sleep, or they kill. I think they actually kill them <laughs> and make it look like there's a virus outbreak to keep people Jesus, away. American government, and that, that that's kind of what they were doing. The government was doing in this movie where they had the fake virus outbreak to keep people away from the area and make it. And sort of pretend like they knew what was going on. That animal part is brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> but uh, with the creature, but yeah, no, and um, that definitely like the shots of the fog. They were kind of had those weird fogging machines that they were like disinfecting people. With oh, or right, something. It was really cool, but. Um, but definitely ahead of its time, as you were saying, with the whole kind of virus outbreak and the government and be, the information and stuff. I feel like that's something Asian countries like Japan and China and, and Korea have dealt with in the past more. But now with mm-hmm. our current situation with like COVID and everything, now we're dealing with it. But that movie was kind of ahead of its time in yeah, a way, very. at least for uh, for us as an American audience, where they were kind of already dealing with that stuff, you know. Mm. Yeah, it, it also like this movie kind of revolves around the fact that we're always fearing the worst. Like everyone just assumes that the daughter is actually dead throughout right. the majority of this movie, but the fam, the Park family, is still you know hanging on to you know that glimmer of hope <laughs> that she is still out there and just you know. Hiding out somewhere, which of course she is, because she is in you know, kind of like the yeah. source essentially, or you know, kind of like the monster yeah. hideout. And you know, one of one of my favorite scenes in this movie is actually when you see the monster kind of like vomiting up the, the bones of its victims down like the down the pipe, and you just see them piling up down below. And I'm like, man, like that that monster was fucking hungry, but you know, he 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 needed that, you know, second course on, on top of that when he drops down. And, and he 
And he also, he sort of plans ahead. He kind of has foresight. Yeah, he, he has his food that he, he's not really hungry, but so he doesn't eat her, but he saves, he brings he her back to his lair and saves her yeah. for later to eat. Potentially. And there was another person in there, too, right? Uh, um, who was half kind of dead. The one that she gets the cell phone from? Yeah. Wasn't there somebody who was still kind of alive, or was he already dead? I think he might have been already... Well, actually, I don't remember quite well. But, you know, of course, she finds her friend. Her... The little dude that... Was he homeless from the get-go? Oh, yeah. Like that's a, right. Like a bandit, yeah. like an orphan? That's right. He the just gets adopted case. at the end. It's like, well... Yeah. Did he have parents? I forgot about this. Is he the little kid that's reaching for the little like Yeah, who tries to steal the candy yeah. at the beginning. And the so like he was hungry mm-hmm. and so at the end he mm-hmm. has he finds a home where there there's I mean, I don't know if this is the right time if we want to save it for later, but there is a lot of like food scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I mean, considering how crazy of a monster movie it is, I mean there there's definitely definitely like symbolic of like just that's what you do with your family, right? You sit around a table and you eat. And these, like, you know, the, these scenes of them eating are not like these casual munch-munch, chat-chat. Oh, how was your day? It was, it's, you know, just getting down to business, just eating, which is what you do with your family. Like, maybe you talk for a minute. But after that, it's it's chow time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, they're, they're very uh, wholesome and they're very um, humanizing scenes that mm-hmm. that just add a whole lot of magic to the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely a big family element, which we've said. But, it, yeah, no, a huge... Like, that's a huge central theme of the movie, is the family and mm-hmm. them sticking together and re- rescuing the daughter, keeping the family together. And that's a big theme even before the monster, of course, because they've got their business, which isn't necessarily doing that well, Mm -hmm. and they don't make a lot of money, and so they have to kind of keep things together between them and make it work. And then, basically, you have this monster come in, and it's kind of the same situation for them. They just have to keep making things work and keep surviving through the situation, you know, regardless of what's happening, basically, in the world or in life. It's a, he's got the deeper themes mm-hmm. of oh, the for director sure. for sure. Deeper like, themes and then like tiny little details, like you know the. I mean, I'm sure you guys noticed the whole gang um, uh, do. Like he meets his daughter right after she gets out of school, and mm-hmm. and she's walking along, and he's kind of chasing, not chasing, but like mm-hmm. she's keeping her pace. Yeah, and he's changing his pace to stay with her because yeah, he's yeah. more excited to see he her. He wants she... her to like him. Yeah, yeah. The, there's a there's an imbalance there in terms of, of that. And um, and he does this, like, the sweetest thing I've ever seen, which is, like, he, like, lifts her backpack so that the burden on her shoulders is a little oh, yeah, less. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, like, such a tiny little detail that's so... Mm-hmm. And know, he's like, got the collection. Volumes. He's got like the coin collection oh, to get her a new so- and cell And she's phone. like, Dan, this is fucking change. Yeah, this is nothing but dimes. No, there's some there's some quarters in there too. Yeah, it's a thing <laughs> where like the parents have to kind of like give the kid a life, like make they things good live, for yeah. them, but that like the kid doesn't By know the, like, what they're doing to make that happen for them. And so yeah, so she she starts off the movie being somebody who doesn't appreciate the sacrifice mm-hmm. that others are doing for her, and then of course she like sacrifices for like somebody else. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm sad. It was a good movie.
It, <laughs> it does have the happy ending, of course. But uh, well, I mean, she dies, so it's almost does like she a, die? She probably dies, John. <laughs> Did I forget how. So it ends? the mm-hmm. monster gobbles her and the little kid mm-hmm. up. And then later, uh, Gengdu like kills a monster with the help of everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And then the monster, uh, oh no, no, he goes in there and somehow just sticks his hand, grabs her, pulls her out. She's holding on to the little kid. They're both passed out, and they're 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 holding her, they're touching her, like you know her face and stuff. The, the uncle and the aunt, and she never wakes up, but the little kid wakes up. Oh, and then is that he, what it is? Yeah, and then he ends up getting like sort of adopted, and the very last mm-hmm. scene is. Uh, Gangdu, like having dyed his hair back or at least grown it out to his natural mm-hmm. color because he was identified at one point by his blonde hair, right? Mm-hmm. And then him, this little kid, who I think is the one that was stealing the food earlier, or yeah. like, again having yeah. that scene of like lots of food chowing mm-hmm. down and it's nice and cozy in the little snack shack. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the, the little girl doesn't make it. For some reason, I thought she did. I forget. Because you really want her to because it's like, and, and now we wake up. And now we wake up. <laughs> and th- she's waking up n- now. And it's kind of reminiscent <laughs> yeah. of the end of Poltergeist when the the girl, when they come out and they're all covered with yeah, you and she slime. might not wake up, but then she does wake mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. I'm probably mixing it up with that. Yeah, she, <laughs> she died. That's probably what it is. <laughs> but it's like, I don't know. Um, I think uh, it was relevant or it made sense because like the whole family sort of did the 180 right everybody mm-hmm. everybody in in the yeah. family had the 180 yeah. and that was her 180 like uh not that she she was she seemed like a nice girl but uh well, she was a little bratty with her dad but um she always received people's sacrifice and at the very end she sacrificed mm-hmm. so that was neat that was pretty neat mm-hmm. and they they spent their whole family fortune to get the map for the underground sewers. And then they were like, stupid dad, that was a dumb mm-hmm. way to fucking spend the money. And then it worked out. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, like, uh, mm-hmm. so we went from a, a monster movie, contagion movie, um, breaking out of the hospital and rallying the troops movie, where you were like, you're... Yeah, and then the news basically telling everyone, hey, right. what's out for yeah. these guys? And then you infected. even get, like, the going back to the it seemed not not out of place, but it was kind of like, oh, now you get another treat. Um, when uh, Nam Il goes to his office because he's heard from a coworker that he could get some information, and then it was a trap because there's a bounty on their head. And so you, that was a crazy scene mm-hmm. where he's at his computer, and then there's like this office, which that office room, conference room, must have been fucking gigantic because like two hundred people come out at him, right? <laughs> And and they're all ch- and I don't know that was that was a wave of people coming to get what was probably going to be like two dollars per person bounty if they fucking caught him. So that was that was pretty cool. I like that. I feel like this is the better Cloverfield, basically. Ooh. That the, this movie and Cloverfield are kind of side by side, but this is like the the more successful, kind of better done version of that movie. And this is before Cloverfield. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. But, um... Yeah, I think so, right? I mean, mm-hmm. 06 versus probably, like, 2010. Probably 10, yeah. But, uh... Yeah, because it it, 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 it... it It's not beholden to the Hollywood style where right. it has to stick to the one thing. It was able... It takes so many turns. It beca- it's like one movie 
and then it becomes a different style of movie and then a different style of movie again. Right. It's like it changes style in each act almost. And not only that, but like uh, all of the characters, all of the main characters tend to have, well, not tend to have, but they have their own little side stories that, mm-hmm. that meet up back at the end, mm-hmm. which I feel like uh, you don't want, I'm trying to think if you see that a lot. You know, usually, like, there'll be people break off in groups and then things. But, I mean, like, you've got uh, Nam Il who ends up uh, meeting the homeless man that he later recruits to help. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Nam Ju who, like, uh, tries to shoot an arrow at the monster mm-hmm. in the sewers. <laughs> but she she doesn't do it in time and ends up getting knocked out for a little while. And then, you know, wakes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has a taste. Right, just and like then you've got the uh, Gen Ju who, like, gets recaptured. Sent back to the hospital to try to get lobotomized, holds the nurse hostage, which, oh my gosh, by the skin of his teeth. <laughs> and but that's yeah. a definite, like, mm-hmm. uh, thing that kind of, like, where, the, again, like, this movie is kind of brave enough to do things that an American version of this movie couldn't yeah. do, where in an American movie, the fact that the Archer girl, she hesitates and fails in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. In an American movie, she would successfully shoot the arrow later. You know, it'd be like, now she successfully shoots the arrow and hurts the monster. But it, like, happens again. Yeah, they delay it for her. I mean, she gets it at the end. But it's kind of more realistic. Where it's just like, it's this isn't like a Hollywood movie where it's going to be like the action movie where everything works out perfectly. It's more grounded in reality where the characters are not... Like, they do heroic things and they act heroically, but they're not superheroes. You know, they're regular people. That's interesting that you say that, too, about the people being heroic. Because it wasn't just them. Like, a lot of people, basically all of the good guys, let me rephrase that, everybody there that wasn't, like, the military, whether it was uh, uh, Korean or American, everybody was super fucking courageous. (laughs) So you got, like, the protesters. They're protesting by the water where they know there's an active fucking monster. They get doused with aging yellow. <laughs> yeah, they get sprayed. Yeah, them. like, and they're just, like, holding mm. on with their signs, like, free gang do. I'm like, really? That was quick? Because he's only been holed up for, like, a, you know, a day, you know? And, uh, I don't know, like, I and I, I like that a lot because it made, me, it, it made me feel like a dud. Like, I should be more courageous on my own life. <laughs> Because I'm like, these guys just fucking woke up today and were like, hey, man, we're extras, but we're going to protest. So I thought it was really cool how the movie really (laughs) highlighted um, everybody's ability to become a really courageous person in the face of adversary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, we see that with the daughter, too, when she tries to make her grand escape from the sores with the the clothes rope from all all the dead victims. Uh, from the monster, which was a really cool scene because, you know, you have, like, that kind of, like, I'm not going to say it's a cliche, but, like, the the whole thought process of, okay, I'm just going to climb up this sleeping monster's back, try to make a jump for it, and then, sure enough, uh, she basically gets tail-swiped and grabbed and brought gently back down on the ground, which I thought was an, uh, was an interesting touch because, you know, normally, you know, the monster would probably be kind of pissed off about you trying to actually, you know, not be the next snacker, you know, however way you want to put it in this case. But, you know, you, you just, you build up the courage for that moment. And then of course, you know, all the meanwhile, she's still trying to shield uh, her, her new friend in this war from, you know, the ongoing, uh, you know, situation as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, this movie is an example where uh, when there's a really good up and coming director, they can make a more low budget mm-hmm. kind of genre movie, and it will be. It's like, oh my god, this is really good, you know, because the director is able to basically create something better out of the smaller budget yeah, and smaller absolutely. stuff that they have. I mean, shoot, like, it's hard mm-hmm. to pinpoint exactly what it is that he does that's so different from other people. I mean, I'm sure that people, connoisseurs, better film buffs are able to do that, but for me, it's like, I don't know how to say it, but this is just miles better than most things. It's just doing every everything differently. Mm. It's not an American movie, and it doesn't follow the American movie tropes mm. for a monster movie and so I think that's a big part of what makes it cool and kind of and to compare it again to Cloverfield it's what makes it a better <laughs> movie than Cloverfield because Cloverfield is very much a traditional American movie where right. it's kind of single-minded about what it's doing in terms of like the hero has to rescue the girl in the mm-hmm. traditional way but um this movie totally I hate to use the term subverts expectation because I always feel like this movie is not trying to subvert expectation. I think it's just su- from such a different perspective. Right. Coming from a Korean filmmaker living in Korea and raised in Korea. That it's just a different perspective. I so see. it's okay. like a different... We get like a different movie just by that fact where he's telling his version of a monster mm-hmm. movie, you know. And it's not the universal Frankenstein or mummy. You know, this is a totally different thing. Yeah, that's true. Or Creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> Although it does kidnap a girl, it doesn't try to have a romance with the girl. That's good. <laughs> she was only 12. <laughs> Nine, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, she you was pretty young. I don't know. Ages, so there was that. Kids' ages. I don't hang out with a lot of kids. But, uh, you know, Different if she story. were a hot scientist, you but, know, uh, game um, on. <laughs> what was I going to say? Uh... No, yeah, I, I kind of lost that thread. What do you got? What do you got, T? Oh, uh, well, you know, we've mentioned Agent Yellow a few times, so I feel like sure. we should probably just state what that was. Uh, so basically, Agent Yellow was this state-of-the-art chemical uh, that the United States was deploying, uh, and they developed to basically nullify the effects, uh, such as, you know, like a virus outbreak or, like, biological weapons... Uh, and, you know, in a very stereotypical fashion, uh, U.S., you know, deploys this despite there being a plethora of people in the vicinity of it as it's going on. But I, the first time I saw this movie, I couldn't stop laughing at just, like, how awkward the thing looked because it just felt like a wacky, waving, arm-flailing tube man, like Spider, essentially. The monster (laughs) is great in that way (laughs) where... It isn't really, like, intimidating-looking. It's not, like, monstrous in a Hollywood way. It's more natural-looking. Like, it looks like a messed-up mutation that you would see in a real fish that's more normal-sized, where it, it has, like, the birth defects and just it's been... <laughs> Were you talking about the, 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 the robot, the yellow robot that administers the Agent Yellow, though? Oh, the little... Oh, the little yeah, oh, yeah it was kind of like an arachnid. Oh, right. The thing. When it, yeah, it's, like, know. floating. 
That looked really anime-ish to me, like something that you would just see, like not, not e- that, that's e- like that's very sci-fi-ish. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I, I, it makes me think of uh, that's drone slash. That's a big ass drone, basically. And that might be like a commentary on America too, because there's Agent Orange, mm-hmm. which is from the Vietnam War, where mm-hmm. it was a chemical that America was spraying on foliage in Vietnam. And I thought I, I, I saw somewhere that uh, they they mm-hmm. actually you know used it in Korea as well. It, that's probably true. I mean, and so there there's a lot of like uh, just referencing you know abuses from the U.S. Mm-hmm. on Korea, and it's not. It's not good, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, no, just kind of the chemical warfare and the misinformation and kind of manipulating the public. Sorry, guys. <laughs> There's definitely that, like, I, I like the intro of the movie. It's just like, the intro I can't be so mad. over the top. And then to find out it was actually real, you're like, no. Totally. It's like, even if it wasn't real, it's just like, you can't really be mad about that. It's like, we have to well, kind of own that. They also, I mean, he also mm-hmm. threw in the, uh, the nice American soldier who was fighting mm-hmm. the fish. So that might yeah, be a little like, it's just the guys at the top. Everybody totally. else, like, we can be cool. Yeah, there was that guy who helped out with the monster. And he was, he was very attack. courageous. I mean, he fucking oh, worked which, so hard to beat, beat up that monster and then got eaten. And I love, I love the scene where mm-hmm. the monsters att- in the initial monster attack. It's rampaging around, and you, there's a random woman who's <gasps> running away from the monster, and. She tries to run into the building and they lock her out. It's a car. It's like a, like a it's trailer. A, it's a trailer. Like a, um, yeah, or like what we used to call a... Uh, oh, I can't remember. We used to have school in yeah. those buildings. They're like, yeah, there's a mobile or something home or, or a, yeah. a but they, building. There's, it's so well... I love how it's like she, she tries to go into the building and they lock her out and it's like, oh, those assholes. They locked her out. Now she's going to get killed. And then it... But basically, like bypasses her, smashes into the building, kills everybody inside the building. The building is this big, and the monster is this big. So you know when he's in there, he's everybody's within his reach. Totally. Although some people make it out though, like because I guess the people that were near the tail. But it's that great little kind of morality tale where like the people were assholes and they didn't help her, and then they all died and she lived. There's so many like just uh, scenes of mayhem that that are available in the movie that. It's just, uh, it, yeah, I guess it, it does a really good job to keeping you entertained and getting all the all those high kill counts, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately for the Park family, though, once they do find out that uh, the daughter is dead, not really a lot of time to mourn in this situation with the monster uh, weakened from Agent Yellow. I mean, it's it's definitely having an effect. It's slowly withering, but, you know, it does allow them to, you know, band together to basically, you know, get their vengeance uh, by, you know, the mixture of weaponry that they do have, you know, throwing the Molotov cocktails. Uh, you know, you, you also have the fire arrow uh, that the archer shoots off. Uh, after you know, leaders of uh, right, liquid fuel right. yeah, are on top of the monster dude that helps out really like a lot. <laughs> I was like, that was a good job, thanks, dude. <laughs> were you done? Mm-hmm. I don't think you were done with your list of. Oh, and then of course you you know you have the moment where like the monsters <laughs> like oh shit like you know stop drop and roll bitch I'm gonna run oh, towards the water to try to like put myself out right 
Uh, doesn't quite get there because it, you know, it does end up getting uh, impaled by that iron rod by uh, Gaindu in this case. But like, I, I, I really thought, of course, you know, at the end of the movie, what a very fitting end in regards to like the whole like news broadcast where you know you have the U.S. government, you know, just coming out saying like. Oh yeah, you know there there was no virus. I, all this yeah. was just like spread misinformation. You know nothing really happened here, and it's just like of course, of course, the U.S. would deny any yeah. sort of responsibility. And it has a, a really situation. sweet ending. I mean, um, the ending we we already talked a, a little bit about it, where he's still working the snack shack, and now the kid is there, and instead of being this place that was mm-hmm. boring him to death, and just you know he was really responsible for like. I guess the whole point, like everybody valued the family afterwards and he values having this kid who's, let's be real, he's a replacement for his daughter. (laughs) (laughs) And and he's, you know, they're sharing all this meal, but Mm -hmm. he has that moment where he's looking at the window, right? And he thinks he sees something and he's got his gun and, uh, or his rifle. And uh, he stares into the darkness and I was staring so hard. I was like, where is it there? Do you see it? Do you see another one? And uh and then he puts it down and he continues eating and continues his night. So, you know, basically the ending, it's like, you're never safe. Mm. Don't pretend that you are. And then, but also like move on with your fucking life, you know, like nobody's really ever safe and enjoy your time with the, with your, your new kid. <laughs> and, uh, and, and like, you know, there was real happiness and warmth there, despite the fact that there's always a looming, you know, mm. danger of, of another Gnarly fish. Another giant monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at, at the result of the I US know, government. It's like the inevitable. It, it, we're involved in some way or not. You know, it's like. <laughs> but there's so many different relationships like that. This, it's like, oh, is it Tuesday? <laughs> it's so common. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> but it made for a very good movie. Mm hmm. Definitely. That's a, it. Did we miss anything? I mean, we didn't talk about the sewer. We talked about the sewers a little bit, but mm-hmm. eh, there's not much. Other than, like, this sewers. ocean or mm-hmm. river monster decided to, like, keep his snacks and, ooh, because he was keeping them alive. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was storing them for later. Yeah, so you store them where they can mm-hmm. live, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, us putting fish in a bucket for later. Yeah. I get it now. Yeah. I get it. It was kind of smart. That's a smart fish. But it was cool looking. It had yeah, little, like the arms and appendages mouth. sticking out randomly. And the it just kind of looked like a fish with legs, basically. It really did. And it was, I mean, like like I was saying, it was like the weird fish sticking out of him. He looked a tiny bit dopey, but you kind of change your mind after he fucks shit up. And I, it's great the the shot of it hanging under the bridge yeah, and people are trying to figure out what it like is and then it sort yeah. of drops into the water and everything yeah, is really cool. cool like it definitely wasn't just a regular monster like they kind of went through the trouble of having it be like mm-hmm. showing it sort of living its life and behaving like a real creature kind of you know it's not just like this kind of monster that's like yeah. rawr I wish I would have seen like a little aftermath with uh, aunt, you know auntie and uncle, because uh, I mean they they were pretty transformed as well and they were alive at the end, so mm. it would have. 
Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to see her get I a gold medal instead of settling together. for bronze. It definitely brings the family together because yeah. at the beginning of the movie, they've all kind of gone their different ways and they're not really communicating yeah. that much. The dad's death. Mm-hmm. That was, it was almost sadder because he didn't get it eaten. It was almost sadder because it was just like a head injury. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that was pretty devastating. And then the fact that he, he, you know, he couldn't go see his dad because immediately like the military like descended on him and he, and he, you know, got taken away. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like that sort of like quick death, senseless, like not even with the excitement of fighting a monster. Mm-hmm. That was, that was sad. Definitely. Okay. I'm okay, guys. Okay. <laughs> Great movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely want to check out if you haven't had an opportunity to see it yet. Uh, you know, but thankfully, it's not the only kind of a creature feature that we'll be talking about still, because yeah. next week we'll be talking about Alligator release in. <laughs> 1980, directed by Louis Teague, uh, which is, you know, like, we, I've mentioned Jaws ripoffs all the time. This one is definitely my favorite uh, out of the lot. Uh, Grizzly would also be up there pretty highly uh, as well. Uh, But, you know, this is one that I have, you know, like, I, I never got to see it as a kid, but I saw it as an adult. I was like, how the hell did I miss this? And it wasn't available for a long time. It was one I had like always known about, but just finding it because it was out of print and then we didn't know anything about a Blu-ray release. So it's just like, well, when am I going to get an opportunity to see this? And sure enough, it recently had a 4K release. Uh, It has been streaming on Shudder as well. So I'm just so thankful that after all of these years, more people are getting an opportunity to see it and there are some definite moments in this movie where it's fairly obvious that uh, oh, what you're seeing is like a miniature set that's wonderful. <laughs> just with the way that the cameras are you set know, up which is, fan- which is so, fantastic so I'm excited. <laughs> and also very timely definitely same yeah i haven't seen it oh that'll be good nice. um hey i know speaking of shutter uh what's there's that new movie that just came on that everybody's crazy about something dark what yeah oh Mad yeah God? i don't yeah, Mad Guy. It's Mad Guy. Yeah, I watched it. Give me a little. I'm. <gasps> really? I'm streaming that tomorrow. Sounds like I might have a, a watch. Yeah. Stream. I forget his name, but it's one of the big special effects guys. I think from ILM, mm-hmm. and he worked on Star Wars and the original trilogy. And the sto- the backstory is that he kind of for the last like couple of decades. He's been making this animated movie, and then he kind of dropped it for a while and stopped working on it. And then some people kind of inspired him to finish it, and nice. he finished it, and now it's out. And it's, That's exciting. I watched it. It's really good. It's, I've been saving it for like a good night. We're like, let me make sure everything's yeah, you know, planned out. It's dark outside. I don't have any plans. And the title's fantastic, so mm-hmm. Mad God. Oh, thir- yeah. yeah, it was a it was a thirty oh, year. I saw the radio on that shit. It was like all the stars. Yeah. Like, oh fuck. Okay. Yeah, <gasps> it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Party at the lodge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. Well. <laughs> yeah. So we got we got alligator next week, and of course, you know, we'll have aquaphobia throughout the remainder of July before we up? start our next one. I don't know. But, what I'm getting uh, ahead of myself. We still have another month of. 
you I I don't I don't think we have as of yet, but you know we'll we'll figure that out Sounds shortly. Good. But uh, in the meantime, if you guys are looking to contact the show, of course you can find all of our video content on YouTube at Hando with Scare Pod. I can reach us over on Twitter at Hando with Scare. And, of course, you get to email us to, uh, you know, send us questions, movie suggestions, movie suggestions at handlewithscarepod at gmail.com. Uh, but with that being said, I thank you so much for tuning in and listening to another episode of Handle With Scare. This has been episode 67, talking all about the host. I've been your host, Tumbley Drunk, joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Holly Hooch and John. And we'll see you guys back next week. For alligator. Hey there. You have a good night. Enjoy your week.